podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The leaves are starting to change colors and fall from the sky, signaling fall in the great state of Kansas. And every fall, people come back to the spot they know full well. To once again be taken up by that magic spell. Coming home on a homecoming weekend to their alma mater. Now here we are, facing down an old foe. Another top 10 matchup, going head to head against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Now you might want to sit back and lick your wounds, feel sorry about what happened down in Fort Worth. You may be caught up trying to read the injury report, figure out who might be able to play in this massive game. A game that could put you right back on track to get where you want to be or could be a major blow. Now, it has been a long time since a more important game has been played in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. It has been a long time since we have had a chance to come together as 50,000 and make up for an injury or two. Because on Saturday, if us fans do our part, We're going to have that advantage. It's going to be 11 in orange and black versus 50,000 in purple and lavender and white and silver. And it doesn't matter what random people on Twitter say, what these national podcast folks say. Because we know that magic is in the air in Manhattan, Kansas every fall. And that this team is just right there, ready to capture it all over again. We know this team is more than capable of beating anyone. And a top 10 team coming to our house on a homecoming Saturday on a homecoming Saturday in Manhattan, Kansas the greatest college town in the world and the greatest state in the world let me tell you folks I think magic's going to be in the air on Saturday and I'm going to be there on the edge of my seat for all 60 minutes Because you're just one win away from setting the country on fire again. 
watching that purple hue rise from the Flint Hills on a magical homecoming Saturday. Welcome to Game Week. Go Cats. boys are back and it is time to get ready get ready for the homecoming game versus Oklahoma State it's a I mean it's a absolutely it's a massive one um you know it's gonna be another sellout crowd I think probably up over 51,000 that's my guess I think it's gonna be up around 51,000 uh people in attendance um, you know, it's going to be on big boy Fox two thirty, So it's going to be one of the, uh, one of the biggest, uh, at least TV draws of the entire season. Um, I'm absolutely pumped for it. Uh, you know, still, kind of, I'll be honest, still kind of recovering from the, uh, sports sadness. Um, if I'm being completely honest, um, you know, it's that TCU game took a lot out of I think a lot of us. Um, but it's time to uh, get back on. You know, hashtag we ride, and uh, you know, it's it's going it's going to be a beautiful fall day. I I love the fall. I love the weather. Um, it's just it's going to be good. It's going to be good to be back in Bill Snyder Family Stadium because also. Um, something wild just because of the quirks of the schedule with the bye week coming right in between uh, two road games. Um, we haven't we haven't had a home game since what October first. October first. That is absolutely wild. So you know you're gonna go twenty eight days in between home games and. Uh, you know, it'll it'll be good to be back. It'll be good to have the Bill Rockin' homecoming uh, as well. So again, I, I think there's going to be some magic in the air. I, I, I really do. I'm excited for it. Um, I know you guys are as well. News-wise, I mean, you know, you know I, I, it, it really comes down to injuries. And we'll talk about most of them um, in the... Uh, press conference, um, talking about uh, Coach Kleiman's, you know, midweek press conference. Uh, the one name I don't think was specifically mentioned was uh, Ben Sennett. If you put a gun to my head, if you if you made me guess, I think Adrian Martinez and Daniel Green will be out. You know, those are massive ones because those are your two best players, um, or two of your best players, I should say. Um. 
So that's going to be tough. It, it, it is going to be tough, folks. But you know, there have there there have been uh, much crazier you know odds to overcome. And and what's wild, and I'm going to pull this up. Uh, hopefully, and you know what's weird? Even even though it, it is now legal um, to gamble on sports in Kansas, I still find myself going to uh, ESPN to uh, pull pull up the lines instead of one of the apps. Um, so, you know, that's on me. You know, number 22 versus number nine in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. K-State is the consensus favorite. Um, you can find it on books anywhere between K-State as a one-point favorite up to a two-point favorite uh, with the over-under being set at 56. So, I mean, they have it as a close game, but, you know, at least the folks in Vegas, the people on FanDuel, uh, Caesars, all these different websites have K-State as the small favorite. So you can't even say something along the lines of, oh, you know, crazier upsets have happened because technically this would not even be an upset. You know, if you look at the advanced analytics, I think uh, Kelly Ford had us as like a, uh, the the projected score was 28.3 to 28.28 uh, K-State winning it. Um, you know, uh, the ESPN uh, Power Football Index has Oklahoma State as a 54% uh, chance at winning it. Uh, they have it as a 27 to or a 29 to 27 type game. That's about where they have it. Parker Fleming, uh, who you guys heard last week, he's a TCU fan. Don't hold that against them, but he has this game being somewhere like at a one score game. I think his model has Oklahoma State just barely favorite. Um, S and B plus or S and P plus, I think has K State as a narrow favorite in this one as well. Um, it's right there on. Uh, right there on the edge. So this is going to be a super close game. Again, everyone has it as a close game. Vegas, the advanced analytics, and you know, they're banged up as well. So um I'm I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. I'm not I'm not down in the dumps. I'm not, you know, in my feels, you know, like I said, I'm still I'm still a little sports sad from from Saturday. That might be one that lingers for a while, but I I'm ready to I'm ready to get back in it. I, I know you guys are as well. Uh, before we get into Chris Kleiman's press conference, uh, which which again is a way to kind of have a macro preview of the game. Remember, we're sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. Folks, it is homecoming weekend. I know a lot of you are getting into town around Thursday. Uh, you're going to be around all weekend. It's a 2.30 game, so even if you're rolling up on game day, your mission, if you choose to accept, which you should, Go into Manhattan Brewing Company, get a flight of their beers, try a handful of their beers because they always have, I think, between 10 and 15 different beers right on tap. Absolutely delicious stuff. And you're going to want to take a couple four packs to go either back to your hotel room, back to the tailgate, or if you go after the game, take it back home. They have great stuff. I'm holding on. I only have like one or two pumpkin beers left. I'm holding on to those uh, so I can drink it while watching the great pumpkin Charlie Brown. Um, but if the urge hits me, you know, I am I might have to track them down. I think they're sold out at the tap room. Um, so you'll have to check. But absolutely delicious craft beer. Um, the freshest beer in the entire state of Kansas. And if your liquor store doesn't have Manhattan Brewing Company in their craft beer section, talk to whoever manages it and make it happen. 
You'll thank me later. Uh, getting into Chris Kleiman's press conference, uh, he had a lot of high praise uh, for Will Howard. And Will Howard will be brought up a handful of times throughout uh, this segment talking about the press conference. But again, if you go back and look at the four touchdown drives, the first drive in the second half before he got knocked out, and then the drive in which uh, almost had K Warner in the end zone, uh, a little bit better throw, that's a touchdown. But, you know, gets a field goal attempt. You know, you have, what, six out of the eight drives Will Howard was part of. Uh, I thought he was absolutely miraculous. So, and Chris Kleiman, I mean, you can tell he's a massive fan of Will Howard. So, uh, he was happy to talk about it. Just a lot of praise for Will Howard. And that was kind of the opening statement, just talking about how proud he was of Will Howard and some of the guys who stepped up for the injured players. Um, when asked about kind of what was going on in the second half versus TCU, he said that misalignment for K-State is what led to a lot of those Big plays for TCU, specifically that third and long screen pass that they picked up, you know, I think 22 yards on a third and 17. Uh, you had two uh, breakdowns that led to big touchdown plays for them as well in that game. And that's something he called out in the pregame press conference for TCU last week about how uh, them going tempo and some of the shifts they do set you up to be misaligned. So, when you have that, and then we have players who are out of the game, or players even that, uh, you know, they're in there, but they are dinged up. You know, Julius Brents gets cooked and uh, pulls his hamstring on that play. Misalignment, you don't have safety over the top. You know, uh, that's going to get you. That's going to get you. Um, he was uh, kind of going back in hindsight, uh, saying that he wished he would have gone for it on the fourth down where Will. Uh, went down, but he didn't want to put uh, Rubley in that sort of spot. Of course, hindsight's uh, twenty twenty. <laughs> when you miss that field goal as badly as you did, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty on that one. But even in the moment, I was not liking that decision. And again, I criticized that specific decision back in the game review pod. That was one of the few that I criticized. And, and you know what? I'm I'm going to take this moment. This isn't in the press conference, but I've seen a lot of chatter on Twitter, message boards, uh, group chats, all sorts of stuff about you know, oh, K State went conservative once we got that lead. I think everyone is saying everyone's saying that. Uh, I I think they're absolute. I, I think they're wrong. I just straight up think they're wrong. Um, if you go back and look at what was going on, we we did not go conservative. You know, I think a lot of folks, myself included, have some criticisms of that three and out that then led TCU to march down the field, score a touchdown right before the half, completely changes momentum. But if you go back and look at that, you know, it was a pass on first down. It was a jet sweep read, which had been successful for us. Again, I think it should have been a give instead of Will keeping it. And then a third and nine draw, which, again, I get it. I, I know folks want, like, that. that's the play that I think everyone's bugging out about. Uh, but we've, we've picked up, you know, third and eight, third and nine on draw plays all season long. And even if you don't pick it up, you get a handful of yards, you get to the TCU side of the field, maybe you're going for it on a fourth and short. 
so I, I th- there's only really one play in there that like you could maybe even be like, oh, got too conservative. Because when you go back and look at the second half, again, after that happened, you don't get the ball back until you have until you're only up one possession anyways and we're moving the ball down the field until Will Howard gets knocked out of the game. Jake Rubley comes in and they're trying to throw the ball across the field into this crazy wind. You're going for it on fourth and one on your own side of the field. Because when I asked for keys to V, there were some people saying, oh, don't, don't go too conservative if you get a lead. Don't play prevent offense, all this type of stuff. That isn't what we did. There's one play out of the entire game where you could be like, oh, okay, that, that might have been a little too conservative. That was the draw play on third and nine. But again, that's one singular play, and people are ask, acting like, you know, we're trying to take a knee on the ball. You know, the entire second half, I I think a lot of folks see an 18-point loss and they're trying to come up with a reason. You know, I'm, I'm going to move on from it, but I've just seen so much of that in the last, like, 72 hours that's just patently false. Just false. So I'll, I'll move on now. Um, when asked about the inf- or the injuries, said a lot of guys are beat up, don't have a lot of definitive information, but we'll see. We have to move forward with the guys we will have on Saturday regardless. said nobody is lost for the season. There wasn't a single season-ending uh, injury amongst the guys on Saturday, but there will be guys who will probably miss the Oklahoma State game. Again, I hypothesized... Adrian Martinez and Daniel Green, uh, based on some of the context clues. Uh, And he also said there won't be any definitive answers on anything until Thursday's practice. Talking about what happened with the defense in the second half, he broke it down saying, hey, misalignment and missed tackles. Again, that that is something you see a lot of in college football, and hell, you even see it in in, in pro football as well. Uh, Tackling has never been worse. It all goes back to how no, there's almost no team above a high school level that is doing live tackling, multiple live tackling sessions in a week. At this point in the season, you may not have a single live hitting practice the uh, rest of the way through this season. So I get it. It's frustrating. Um, but that's just modern college football. I don't think you're ever going to see a team that you would say historically tackles well. I think compared to peers, you know, you're going to see it. But I think every single game you're going to see some pretty bad missed tackles no matter who it is. But we did get burnt in the second half. You know, that the, the running back TCU had at one point, he was averaging in the second half 4.3 yards per carry after contact. Now that's something that is really going to have to clean up versus Oklahoma State. You can't be giving up that much yak. Uh, specifically asked about Adrian Martinez. He didn't practice on Monday um, this week. And then going back to uh, this past week, he didn't practice a lot. But once the game got going, uh, he thought before the game, he thought he could give it a go. But after the first series, he knew he wasn't going to be able to uh, finish. So that that's what happened. It sounds like there was lingering injuries. Um, really got accentuated versus Iowa State. Uh, was ready to try to give it a go 
Uh, but after that first series, it just wasn't going to happen. Uh, we'll see. You know what? I hope he can gut it out for Oklahoma State. Uh, but but again, just kind of all the vibes around it right now doesn't sound like he's going to play. Chris Kleiman had high praise for Nick Allen, said he is a good linebacker. When Daniel Green went down, we didn't miss anything on the one line, but the depth got tested. I, I love I love how Chris Kleiman hypes up his guys, 100%. But Nick Allen, he is a subpar Big 12 linebacker. Um, asked specifically about Toby O, he says he's not ready to play on defense, but he's going to roll on special teams. Uh, it said Jake Clifton will not redshirt. He's going to get some work on the defense as well, and he'll be on all special teams this week. Says Toby O, uh, they won't know until we get into the week which special teams units he may be in on. He almost got a block punt. Uh, said for Adrian, if he can't go full speed on Thursday, they probably won't have him going on Saturday. So again, if you're going to be trying to sneak peeks at practice, if you're going to have your ear to the ground trying to find out information on Adrian Martinez, I don't think anything definitive is going to leak out until Wednesday night or Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening. Um, Some more praise came uh, out for Will Howard, especially when it comes uh, to throwing the ball down the field. If it is going to be, or sorry, for Will Howard. Lots of praise for Will Howard, especially when it comes to throwing the ball downfield. Um, if he's going to be out there, we need to have that same confidence. And it, it is actually kind of funny. Uh, Chris Kleiman usually is not going to be making jokes and kind of messing around uh, the week after a loss in his press conference. But he was asked about uh, going downfield. And he joked, he said, yeah, I got tired of the fans and the media folks asking when we're going to throw the ball down the field. Then he went on to talk about how uh, it, it's the different looks that TCU was giving them, and that's what led to them taking more shots down the field. So, uh, you know, I, I'm happy to see I'm happy to see a little bit of uh, humor coming from uh, Chris Kleiman. He did... Uh, he did specifically talk about Julius Brents and Daniel Green. He said Julius Brents is going to be the more likely of the two to play. Again, I'm anticipating no Daniel Green and no Adrian Martinez. I I, I would love either one of them. Uh, and I'm hoping Penn Senate can be out there. Again, um, he's a... Ma- like, I, I think he's actually a below average blocker back there. Um, but some, I, I think Jackson might be hurt. He didn't travel. Um, but Sammy Wheeler isn't going to be getting it done back there as a fullback. Will Swanson wasn't getting it done back there as a fullback. So I think it's important to get Ben Sennett back. He would probably be the third most likely guy, from my point of view, to not play. But I would anticipate Daniel Green and Adrian Martinez will be the guys not playing. I'll also say this. The depth chart they released uh, means absolutely nothing. Um, and I actually think the pregame video where they announce the starters, don't go crazy uh, freaking out if, if they have Adrian Martinez and Daniel Green up there. If you really want an idea of if they are they have a shot at playing, um, get in there early and see if they're warming up. Because uh, I don't think we'll get anything official from K-State. Um until you see if they're warming up or not. Um, let's see. 
you know, uh, asked about special teams, uh, said we had one good kick return, thought we were going to score a touchdown on it, came close. Uh, Toby O got close to getting a blocked punt, um, just didn't finish those plays. Chris Kleiman, uh giving praise to the schemes they're doing, just says the young guys on these units need to finish on those plays. Uh, and then here, here, I mean, here's probably the biggest news that they didn't shy away from. He said that Chris Tennant, you know, is going to be put into a competition situation. Um, said that, you know, the true freshman kicker, and, and I'm blanking on his name, I forgot to write it down, I'm sorry. But him and Zentner both are going to be kicking uh, PATs and field goals this week in practice. There is go- It's not a full-on open competition, but there will be competition. And Chris Common said there is a chance you could see all three of those guys kicking extra points and field goals on Saturday. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, he said the hope is that the competition is going to fuel Chris Tennant. I know a lot of you folks um, want to move on past him. I'll trust the coaching staff. If they're going to open up the competition, um, I don't think they're <laughs> – I don't, especially at field goal kicker. I don't think there's ever been a staff that has intentionally gone with someone else. I don't think there's like some conspiracy. I think if they felt super confident in anyone besides Chris Tennant, that would be the kicker. Um, but we'll see what happens. Again, if there's a high pressure field goal on Saturday, we'll see who trots out there. Um, they reiterated Adrian isn't out for the year, and the hope is still to redshirt Will Howard. He has three games left, and this is exactly why he didn't play versus South Dakota and Missouri. Um, and then he was specifically asked, you know, how unique is it to have a guy like Will Howard on the team um, who didn't transfer in today's day and age? And he said, Will is someone who has dealt with a lot of ridicule. He's gotten to play, but he loves K-State. So that's why he hasn't transferred. Said that he doesn't have to go around asking Will Howard if he's going to transfer. Now, I've been someone who's been critical of Will Howard. 110%. And I hope he can show us on Saturday, assuming it is him. Which again, Chris Kleiman said there's a chance Will Howard may not play again this season because Adrian might play on Saturday. Again, I also, I'm going to say this, Chris Kleiman also has zero incentive to tell the truth when it comes to injuries. Uh, but I hope he can back it up. Again, I, I love Will Howard the person. I've been disappointed with Will Howard the quarterback in the past. Uh, but if he can follow up, you know, we saw five to six really good drives from him versus TCU. If we can see... Six to seven, seven to eight good drives versus Oklahoma State and get a win. I mean, again, he pulls off this win. He's going to have Colt Hero status. Again, we're the betting favorite. We're still a ranked team. It's a homecoming game, 230 on Big Boy Fox. Uh, But you pull that off, you get a a win over a top 10 team. That's something that not a lot of quarterbacks can say they have. So I hope we see it again. He and then finally, the, the last thing he pointed out was there hasn't been a home game since October first. Um, he's excited to get back in front of the student body, the band, and the community. We're going to have another sellout. It's going to be great to get back home. Totally agree with Chris Kleiman there. Now we're going to kind of get into the uh, 
the emotional side of things, not not really the X's and O's, and not really even the inside stuff. This, these are just my thoughts on, you know, what this game means, what I'll be looking for, and all that jazz. But before we do, remember we have teamed up once again with Charlie Hustle to bring Wildcat fans the freshest game day gear around. Whether you're living it up in Aggieville, going to a homecoming party, or going to Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Charlie Hustle has the best and most comfortable gear for you and your squad. Shop online at charliehustle.com or visit their Kansas City store on the Country Club Plaza. Also, check out select retailers in Manhattan so you can get your Charlie Hustle gear there as well. Shop Charlie Hustle's K-State collection today. And if you're cheering for the same team I am on Sundays, also check out their Arrowhead collection. They also have all the great Kansas City heart swag and Kansas City icon stuff as well. All right, this is I mean this is the closest thing to a must win uh, when you talk about the ultimate goal that we've been talking about all offseason and all season so far. That's making it to Arlington. This is the closest thing to a must win that there is. Now, if you lose this game it, it is not over. You're just going to need a lot of help. You're going to need either TCU to lose three games down the stretch or Oklahoma State to drop two more as well. Assuming you win out after this one. Because you're you're not dead in the water. You're not dead in the water if you lose this, but you go on life support. But at the same time, you win this game, you're back to control. I mean, hell, you control your own destiny right now, but you're controlling your own destiny. Because at that point, Say you lose to Texas or you lose to Baylor. All you need is one loss from either of those teams that you lose to. Because they're both already sitting on two losses. Say you beat Oklahoma State and Texas and you drop one to like West Virginia on the road. You're in the Big 12 championship game. So this is as close to a must win as we've had uh, to go to Arlington uh, in this new age, you know this is this is the one. This is the one. You had a shot. You, the, the TCU game was there for you. Seven or seventeen point, you know, lead. Ball fifty six yards away from touchdown. Three and out. It doesn't matter. It's time to move on p- from the page. This is a massive one. And again, this is not some massive us against the world type thing. No. It couldn't be further from the truth. This is not us against the world. The odds makers have us as a one to two point favorite. It is in our house, 50,000 strong. It's going to be 50,000 and 11 versus 11 play in, play out. You know, this this isn't going to be, you know, some, this isn't going to be the miracle on ice. You know, this Oklahoma State team, they're a good team. They are a good team. They're a top 10 team. They have a good resume. They, they've only dropped one one game. And again, it was it was them blowing an 18-point lead versus TCU. And they had a bunch, you know, and they had uh, you know, their their entire team. They 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 sustained some losses versus uh Texas, but you know, they didn't lose Spencer Sanders and they still blew it. You know, these these are not the Russians and we're not uh, you know, the miracle on ice, you know, USA team. 
You know, we're not Leicester City going up against Manchester City, Tottenham. You know, this isn't going to go down as like, oh, can you believe they got this upset? No. This is a game we should win. Even with the injury issues. Because they're dealing with them too. Different spots, yes. But this is this is our home game. This is homecoming. This is It's going to be a rowdy crowd. It's going to be the first time we've been back in Bill Snyder Family Stadium in almost a month. This isn't, this is not, you know, this is not some insurmountable game. But it is a game versus a top 10 team. It is a game that you're probably going to be down one of your best defenders and your starting quarterback. It's definitely not going to be a walk in the park. You know, this is going to be, we always talk about legacy type games uh, during this segment. You know, this is going to be a massive one for Deuce Vaughn. We saw him get back on the board. We saw him get back in the passing game as well last week. Uh, Last week, he also became the fastest player to get to. I think it was 2,500 yards rushing and 1,000 yards receiving in the Big 12. Something like that. Career numbers. Um, He went into the top five in K-State rushing all time. You know, he's going up, going down as one of the best players in K-State history. His name is going to go up, you know, on the Ring of Honor one day. This is his last season. This is the last chance he's going to get to make it to Arlington. You know, folks want to talk about, you know, Deuce Vaughn versus Darren Sproles legacy type stuff. Well, I think Deuce Vaughn, if you look at, you know, per season type numbers, Deuce Vaughn has had all sorts of numbers. He's broke some records. But is he going to get a chance to play for a Big 12 title? John Hubert's a guy who accumulated a lot of stats. John Hubert's a Big 12 champion. And this is this is the game that you need your stars to come out and play. Because most likely, it seems like you're not going to be up, be with your starting quarterback. So that's going to put even more pressure, more eyeballs on Deuce Vaughn, and can he overcome that? You look at the wide receivers, the tight ends, everyone else besides Deuce Vaughn. Can they step up and help out Will Howard? Or if Will can't go, can they help, help out Jake Rubley? Because again, we know Will Howard is not a home run hitter with his feet. I think he's more than capable of picking up some first downs. But it's not like Adrian Martinez where if the defense makes the wrong call on a read option, that he's going to hit a home run and take it to the house. And say it is Will Howard. Can he back that up? Because again, he's caught a lot of flack. He's caught a lot of strays. I've been on this very podcast talking about how I don't have confidence in Will Howard. So can he back up that game and kind of start to rewrite his own legacy? You look over to the defense and how can they step up without Daniel Green? Nick Allen got a lot of praise from Chris Kleiman. Personally, I didn't see that level that he he was claiming that Nick Allen played at on Saturday. I don't see it. So can he step up? He's going to be getting all the reps. So can he step up and play to that level that Chris Kleiman was hyping him up as? Can some of these young linebackers, Gavin Forshay, Jake Fl- uh, Clifton, Bo Palmer, can some of these guys step up? Because there's going to be more snaps to be had. 
Now, it's not a perfect like-for-like because I know some of them playing Will, Sam, Mike, all this type of stuff. It's not like Madden where you can just slide over different linebackers. Uh, It doesn't work quite like that. And then can we see the defensive front get in there when you need the big plays? For better or worse, that defensive front six, they didn't get pressure on some massive third downs. They got burnt on that you know third and 17 screenplay. Can they start to rebuild that narrative? The advanced stats still have us as the top defense in the Big 12. That's fine. But the advanced stats don't give you wins and losses. This was the Courtney Messingham argument. You know, Courtney Messingham was not a fan favorite and ultimately lost his job because of in the moment, in the game time, play calling, despite having one of the most efficient offenses K-State has ever seen. And now, Joe Klanderman's not going to get fired. No, no, no. But do we want to make it to Arlington? You don't get you don't get a trophy for being the number one efficiency defense in the Big Twelve. So they need to come up and make big time plays. The big time players need to make big time plays and big time moments. That did not happen in the second half versus TCU when we needed it the most. It has to happen now. And then basically, this is offense and defense. Can the young guys who are stepping into roles, bigger roles than they have played in college yet, and in one of the biggest games? In pro in the program history since 2014. You know, this is the biggest home game we've had since 2014. And you're gonna need guys like Parrish, like VJ Payne to step up, Bo Palmer, Will Howard, Jake Rubley. Chances are you're gonna need some of these guys to step up and make big plays. And special teams, can we get a block punk? Toby O, when you get a one-on-one with the punter, can you can you get your hands on that? Malik Knowles, Philip Brooks, can you take one to the crib? The blocking teams, can you open it up for him? I want to see one of the Porter brothers punch out the ball on a kickoff coverage. I want to see the other one pick it up and take it to the house. How about that? How about that? Let's see that on the opening kickoff. Seth Porter punching out the ball, Shane Porter, scoop, score. Let's see something big on special teams. And and really, folks, like I said at the top, everything that we want for this season can still be obtained. It can still be obtained. We can still make it to Arlington. Everything is still right there for the taking. And, hell, you win this one, it's off to the races. I really think that. All right, let's get to the keys to be presented by PointsBetUSA, our 100% legal sports betting partners. Got to love it. Finally becoming legalized in the great state of Kansas. If you want an awesome We Ride Bosco's Boys t-shirt, and if you want to help help out the show uh, and help us maybe get a free catered tailgate for a future football game, go to the link in the bio of this episode. I know everyone is always like, Oh, what can we do to support the show? Blah, 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 blah. This is the biggest thing you can do. This sponsor right here. Sign up through the app. That is the biggest thing you can do. As well as going to places like Manhattan Brewing Company. Going to Charlie Hustle. 
supporting us through going to the sponsors, but this is an absolute massive one. So please sign up using the link in the description of this episode, sportsdrink.org slash shirts slash. All right, here are our two keys to V. Absolute, or four of them. Absolutely love all of these. The first one from the Boneheads, from the good chef Andre Napier, rally together. Injuries again are a crucial storyline heading into Oklahoma State Week. We really have to rally together, be balanced on offense, and work together on defense to beat Oklahoma State. We can't be unbalanced like Texas, who threw 49 passes in the loss. I totally agree with all of that. Let's start with the defense side of it first. You have to rally together, not only because you're going to be playing down most likely Daniel Green, maybe more, but a lot of guys are banged up. So you're going to have to rally around each other. And some of those guys who are playing that are used to playing more snaps, you're going to have to have guys come in and spell them probably a little bit more than usual. Also, especially in the running game, especially in the screen game, You have to gang tackle. You have to have two, three, four hats around the ball every time it is in play. I talked earlier about how we're probably never going to see this golden age of college football where you're making tackles, you're great in space and all that type of stuff. Because that's just not the way the game is ever going to go back to with the lack of full contact, full tackle to the ground practices that they don't get anymore. How do you combat that? How do you become a good tackling team in modern college football? It is gang tackling, getting multiple guys to the point of attack. You're not, it is going to take a godlike effort from the ball carrier, wide receiver, quarterback, any of them, to find a way to Houdini out of three guys right there ready to make the play. One on one, I'm. In, in 2022 and beyond in, in football, one-on-one, I'm always choosing the running back, always choosing the wide receiver. Three-on-one for the defense, I like that a lot better. I like that a lot better. So can we rally together? Offense, I don't think, if we're throwing the ball 49 times, I, I am worried. I almost kind of am a little, I, I'm more worried about going the other way, running the ball. I mean, think back to Will Howard versus Nevada. We threw the ball like, what, six or seven times? Granted, if you run the ball as well as we did versus Nevada, like, who cares? Who cares? Um, but but I think we will see a balanced uh, attack. I think Will spun the ball really well. Uh, Deuce Vaughn is still your most expl- explosive offensive player. DJ Giddens was making some plays. Grant, he needs to hold on to the ball. He did, he did make a fumble. We did recover it. Um But I think we will be balanced on offense. I I like that one from the good chef, uh, which was like three and one. But hey, that's like a Bosco's Boys special. I do shit like that all the time. Uh, The next one for my guy, Mark. Don't let TCU beat you twice. Injuries be damned. Win this one, and we're in the driver's seat for Arlington. First off, 100% right. You win this one. You are feeling very good about any combination of seven and two. I'm feeling really good about that getting to Arlington. I'm feeling really good about that. In, in, in Chris Kleiman's time at K-State, and we talked about this after the, the Tulane game, 
I don't know. I don't know if it is straight up. You're letting the first loss cost you the next game. I don't. I don't know if I would say that. But he does seem to win games and lose games in chunks. You know, a little bit of winning streak there, a little bit of losing streak there. Can can we avoid that? We did avoid it versus Oklahoma. After that Tulane game, we avoided it. You know, can can, can we do it again? And again, here, here's the other thing. Like I said, this is, this is not going up against the Soviet so- or hockey team. You know, this isn't the U.S. going up against you know England in the 1913 World Cup or whatever. You know, it's not. This isn't going to be some shocking upset. But you are going up against a top 10 team. You are going up against a team who is looking at this game the exact same way you are. They're thinking, we win this game, we're going to Arlington. That's what Oklahoma State's thinking. Oklahoma State's thinking, we win this game, we're good at it. It's it's print up the t-shirts. Oklahoma State TCU, you just have to figure out what color uniforms everyone's wearing. So they're going into it with a very similar mindset. We're the last obstacle they have. We still have Texas after this one. They still have Oklahoma, but they're not a contender. They can lose that game. Not not a big deal at all. They win this one. There's no world in which 7-2 and two doesn't get them to Arlington. If they win this one. There's no world. There's no scenario. So can, can, can they get it done? So the, it, They have everything on the line as well. This is truly a heavyweight bout. For the second straight week, versus TC, uh, uh, for Arlington implications, and again, you, you can't let that devastating loss get to you. You know the players really have to have that twenty-four hour rule. They have to have it when they win. They have to have it when they lose. I think the coaching staff does. I'm not worried about the coaching staff. But again, the the last time I said I'm not worried about the players and their main mentality, they laid an egg. Versus Tulane. So it's definitely going to be something that's on my mind rest of the week and going all the way up until that that opening kickoff versus Oklahoma State. Do the players bounce back? So we'll see what happens. My two uh, keys to V is bring Hellfire down on Spencer Sanders. Spencer Sanders is basically a better version of Brock Purdy. He throws the ball better than Brock Purdy. He runs the ball better than Brock Purdy did. But just like Brock Purdy, he will shoot himself in the foot if you put him in position to. You can force Spencer Sanders to make mistakes. If you make him uncomfortable, if you put him in situations where he has to play hero ball, he will stand in the pocket for a second too long and you can hit him. He can be trying to run and make a play. You can strip him. You can force him into a third and 26, and instead of taking the check down, he might try to go for the home run, and then you can pick him off. None of that is going to happen if you can't bring pressure, if you can't make him nervous, if you can't make him dance around. Now, I know if you blitz him, you do open it up to give him big plays scrambling the ball. I get that. 
If they pick up the blitz well enough, he steps up in the pocket. That's going to allow him time to step up and run and pick up a first down here or there. But even on their second and third line of wide receivers, these are hyper-talented guys with blue-chip pedigrees and they're playmakers on the outside. If you can't get pressure, whether it's with three, four, five, or six, whatever it is, if you give him enough time, eventually one of his wide receivers is going to get open and he's going to be able to get him the ball. So you have to bring down all the wrath of the Flint Hills on top of Spencer Sanders' head and make him make mistakes. And the final one, it's with our quarterbacks. No matter who's playing quarterback, they have to play with confidence. If it's Adrian Martinez, he has to be confident in his own body and trust his body out there. Because no matter who the quarterback is, if they don't trust their own body, if they're thinking about anything other than the play, they're toast. If it's Will Howard, he has to have confidence in his own ability. We now have seen the best of Will Howard. We have seen how good he can be. Those four drives in the first half that all resulted in touchdowns, that was some of the best quarterback play we have seen at K-State in a long time. That run of four possessions, that was great. Versus a top 10 team on the road. That was great from Will Howard. So can he have that confidence in himself? And if it's Jake Rubley out there, if Adrian can't go, if Will can't go, or if Will gets banged up, Jake Rubley has to be confident in the other guys in the offense. He has to allow them to make the plays. We saw what happened when Jake was trying to force it. He threw it against the grain into a win, and it was a pretty easy interception for TCU. He has to be a game manager and allow Deuce Vaughn, allow Malik Knowles to make plays for him, to carry him along. Allow and trust and be confident in the offensive line that they're going to give him enough time to distribute the ball. So no, no matter who is back there, They have to have confidence. All right, before we get into the game predictions where I go head-to-head with the Boneheads all season long, be sure to check out all of our great friends over at the 1012 Network. Not only do they have the best Big 12 podcast out there, the 1012 Podcast, they have a lot of great shows covering just about every team in the conference and the soon-to-be Big 12 members. Check them out. Anywhere you can find good podcasts and also 1012network.com. That is 1012network.com. It is back and I had a bad week and the Boneheads picked up some room on me. The Boneheads last week went 11-4, and four, bringing them within three games. They're at 73-32. and 32. I have... 76 and 29 after going 8 and 7 last week. Let's get to it. TCU at West Virginia. The Boneheads have TCU 77%. I'm going with uh, TCU as well. But here's the thing they're on the road. Is this when the luck runs out? 
What's going to happen if they get a little bit of an injury? You know? A little bit of magic in the moonshine down there. Neil Brown needs to figure something out, though. Um, if he doesn't have some of that magic, I, I, I think uh, I think the uh, West Virginia donors are going to scrape and find a way to have his buyout money. He is big time on the hot seat. Next, the Sooners at the Cyclones. Boneheads 58% with Oklahoma. Uh, is this Iowa State's best shot at a win? No, I think they sell West Virginia. I think they sell West Virginia. But hashtag struggle for six. If, if Iowa State doesn't get this one, I do not see any world where they're going bowling. Um, it's in Ames. I'm going with the Sooners. Um, you know, it will be interesting. Oklahoma, worst defense in the Big 12. Iowa State, worst offense in the Big 12. Oklahoma, top three offense in the Big 12. Iowa State, top three defense in the Big 12. That'll be an interesting game to watch. We got the Butt Bowl. The Butt Bowl. Baylor going to Texas Tech. Boneheads, 79% on Texas Tech. It's a big number for Texas Tech. I'm going to go with Baylor. I'm going to go with Baylor. Um, I think they're maybe starting to find their swagger a little bit. Um, Which, I mean, what? They beat KU. Um, You know, they lost to West Virginia. I don't know if they really are going to. I kind of want to switch my pick, but I'm going to stick with it. You know, the Boneheads might take me over this week. They might take me over this week. Uh, we got Southern at Jackson State. This is where college game day is going. And I'm happy about it. You know, I know a lot of folks wanted college game day to come to K-State. Um, if we would have won, I think it – I don't know. I don't know if they would have came. I, I think they've been itching to get to Jackson State. Um. You know, I, I don't know if it would have came if we would have won. I, I'll say this. If we win this week, I think we might get Big Noon, uh, the Big Noon game. I think we might get uh, Gus Johnson coming to town. Um, and the Fox pregame show, I think, would be out, uh, you know, in the west or in the east uh, rec lots uh, over near where the students are. Um, so that would be fun. You know, and also winning, getting on Big Fox back-to-back weeks, getting a big uh, you know, broadcast number, back-to-back weeks, that would be massive. But Southern at Jackson State. Boneheads have Jackson State with uh, Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, 92%. I'm going with Jackson State as well. And I want to say this. I'm pumped about, uh, you know, how much more coverage the HBCUs are getting because Deion Sanders is there. There's a lot of great football and just regular history and culture around the HBCUs. And I love seeing it. And I love seeing more coverage, more eyes on the different parts of college football because I think that's what makes college football great. You know, you get the marching bands and all the history around the HBCUs. I would like to see more of this. I want to see more eyes, more stories on what makes college football great. You know, you you had the mile marker rivalry. They talked a lot about that on College Game Day a couple weeks when it was uh, North Dakota State versus South Dakota State. I think that's great. I want to see more of these uh, FCS, more of the HBCU, more of even the Division II. I want to hear as many of these stories and get as much history and just take in Everything that is great from college football, from the junior college level all the way up. 
So I like that college game day is going to Southern at Jackson State. I like that Deion Sanders has brought a lot of attention to the HBCUs and the SWAC. And uh, and he's entertaining doing it. Deion Sanders is a lot of things. And maybe number one is entertaining. So Southern at Jackson State. Big rivalry in the SWAC. I'm going with Jackson State. Kentucky at Tennessee. Does Tennessee keep this dream season going? Can Mark Stoops pull off the upset down at Rocky Top? I don't think so. I have Tennessee. Uh, Boneheads have Tennessee 86% as well. Ole Miss at Texas A&M. Uh, the Boneheads, big on Ole Miss. Here's another one where the Boneheads might get on me. But, you know, if it's possible to be on the hot seat with like a $90 million buyout, um, Jimbo Jimbo Fisher has to be feeling pressure. I, I would I would love to be Jimbo uh, because, hell, getting fired and getting $90 million, you know, there's worse things in the world. Uh, but he has to be feeling some pressure. So I think Texas A&M pulls off the upset at home. Uh, home dog versus Ole Miss. Utah going to Washington State. That'll be a tricky game. Uh, Washington State has been salty going up to Pullman, Washington. Uh, I mean, not there's no easy way to get into Pullman, Washington. So that's gonna that's always an interesting game for the road team. Uh, Boneheads have Utah seventy nine percent. I'm also going with Utah as well. Ohio State is going to Penn State. I believe that is the big noon kickoff uh, show this week. Boneheads, Ohio State, 87%. I have them as well. I think Ohio State might be the favorites to win the national title this year. Syracuse hosting Notre Dame. Syracuse could not hold on versus Clemson. Um, I'm I'm going with Notre Dame. I'm, I'm going with Notre Dame. The Boneheads have Syracuse. I think Syracuse just kind of falls in on themselves. I have Notre Dame winning. Although Notre Dame's shit. I mean, I, I think Marcus Freeman might be in trouble himself as well. Um, so this is a horrible. I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm taking, you know, I'm taking these coaches that, that are on the hot seat. Oh man, I don't know what I'm doing. The Boneheads are going to take a lead on me this week. I just feel it. Um, Eastern Carolina going up to Provo, Utah versus BYU. Boneheads confident in BYU, seventy-eight percent. Not me anymore. Nope, I'm going with Eastern Carolina. Cincinnati at UCF. Another one we're going head-to-head. Boneheads, very confident with Cincinnati, 85%. I'm going with the Knights in the bounce house. I got UCF. Middle Tennessee coming off an upset in their own, going to UTEP. Dana Demmel with a handful of other former Cats on staff. I have UTEP, so do the Boneheads. Illinois going to Nebraska. Mickey Joseph trying to get that full-time job up in Huskerland. Illinois, are they going to win the Big Ten West? I mean, who cares? I mean, talk about just a fight amongst bad, bad football programs. But I'm going to take Illinois at Nebraska. Boneheads also have Illinois 84%. Mizzou going to South Carolina. They've gotten into the top 25. Boneheads have South Carolina 77%. I do as well. And finally, K-State hosting top 10 Oklahoma State on a homecoming fall Saturday. Boneheads, this is the least confident we've seen them in a while. Going with K-State only 80%. I am also going with K-State. 
I think we figure it out regardless of who's at quarterback. I think we're going to have a big game from the defense. I think Nate Matlack is going to get another couple sacks. I think Brandon Mott's going to have a big game. I think Jalen Pickle's going to have a big game. I think Felix Anudike Uzama's going to have a big game. I think Eli Huggins is going to have a big game. In case you're not picking up on this, I think the defensive front is going to have a game. I have... Oklahoma State scoring 21 points, and I have K-State getting to 30. So that's all we have, folks. We'll be going live 7 p.m. on Spotify Green Room, a.k.a. Spotify Live. We'll be going live 7 p.m. in God's time zone right here in Kansas. Daylight time. We're getting pretty close to standard time coming back for all of you folks. I absolutely love standard time, um, and it's almost here. Uh, it's a big one. Guys, you know, this is this is a massive one. This is what being a college football fan is all about. I wouldn't trade it for the world. So for my co-host, the sleepy boy, the bestest boy in the entire world, Chauncey Bosco, the Wonder Pup, we love you guys and go cats. Hail to the UK State Wildcats for alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight. Podcast Network.